What do you get when you combine a whole suitcase full of positive attitude, a whole lot of caffeine, surfing, and sewing machines? You get Rob Appel. Rob Appel of Man Sewing is a YouTube sensation. He is on our show today. He has graced YouTube with over 130,000 subscribers and over 220 videos. He is on our show today. Rob is going to share his story, his journey, and his accomplishments. This is episode 101 of the Rockstar Mentor Podcast, and I am excited to get this interview going. So let's do this. Welcome to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast, the podcast to inspire you and bring you the kickstart you need to crush it in the art industry. We'll bring you creative insights, inspiring interviews, and valuable resources, art marketing, along with decades of experience to provide you the strategic approach to unleash your creative talents and rock your inner entrepreneur. Now, your creatively energetic host, Sonia Paz. Hey there, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to our 101 episode of the Rockstar Mentor Podcast. And um, now that we've hit the big 100 mark, it's been really fun. I've gotten so many amazing congratulations from other podcasters and so many of the listeners here that we've brought, that I've brought a lot of joy and um, clarity to with the podcast. I really enjoy doing this, and one of the things that I really enjoy doing is have the opportunity to speak with other artists, other crafters, other people in different types of crafts and arts, and so many other people in this industry. Now, I know I've mentioned this in a few different podcasts over the last couple of months, but I have delved into this new relationship with my sewing machine, and I've I've shared that because... Opening up new doors of creativity is always a good thing. And even though I am a painter and you know most of the work I've done is with painting and of course sculpting small items of jewelry and doing all types of things like that, the textiles has always been something that I really wish could delve into and I've had the opportunity to do that. So last week I signed up for a t-shirt making class. It was a class on how to sew with knits. All right, so any of you big-time sewers out there or people who put together apparel will know what I'm talking about. It is <laughs> it is a beast to wrangle. I had no idea that there were so many different types of knits. And when I say knits, we're talking about fabric that stretches in a two-way format. It stretches in a four-way format. It speaks its own language. It's super confusing. It was really enlightening and only proved to me that I am really good at just following a straight line, putting together garments from the brand new, you know, from a brand new pattern is certainly not one of my thing. Now, because I have a very unusual way that I like to dress up sometimes, sometimes I, I just, I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of gal. So whenever I can put together I can take off one sleeve off of one thing and hand sew it onto another t-shirt or whatever. I'll do that because I want to get my own look and feel going. But I think, um, I think I'm going to put that 
t-shirt knitted knitted t-shirt fabric project to the side right now <laughs> it's going to be in a box called ufos unfinished objects and as an artist we all have those and as a creative person i have many so when i had decided to downsize my studio a couple of years ago i actually donated a whole bunch of unfinished projects just to you know for local charities or school and whatever, you know, people can sort of pick up and start off where I left off. It was just a, a variety of different things, a variety of different jewelry supply things that I had. I had, um, I had fabric projects. I had partially painted paintings that I just did not feel the energy was going in the right way. And I just painted over it. Some, some of them I didn't even paint over. There were large sizes of canvas, small sizes of canvas, and tons of paper and a whole bunch of other stuff that I felt I hadn't picked up or touched in a while. So it would probably be in its best interest for them to go live with somebody else or for someone else to love. And it's all good. I let go of certain things. I didn't have the room to house a lot of this stuff. So what better way to just have it go elsewhere? So that's what I've been kind of up to is trying to learn new things. And of course, it's not a secret that I love my new sewing machine. I try to work on small projects when I can. And most of these have been piecing together fabrics so that I can make pillows or I can work on little mini quilts and more modern abstract type of um, an art, you know, a textile art medium. And not that I'm going to be creating a lot of these for sale yet, I don't think, but I definitely want to expand the knowledge and challenge myself that I can do it. One of the ways I've learned how to do a lot of these projects, even working on a wraparound skirt, because I will tell you, a wraparound skirt is way easier than a knitted t-shirt top by a thousand billion percent. <laughs> so... I I have fun doing it. And you know what? It's my own thing. It's my own style. I can get a fabric that I like. I'm sort of hard to fit because I'm, I'm pretty short and I'm, you know, have a different waistline than most other people. Anyway, I just, I prefer to kind of go beat to my own drummer and that makes me happy. In one of the ways that I've learned how to do a lot of this is I've been on YouTube and a number of months ago, gosh, number of months ago, I happened to stumble on to some very cool people who teach all, a variety of different sewing techniques. And one of those people who I ha happen to really gravitate toward, and I do believe I have probably watched all 220 of his episodes over the last several months, is Rob Appel. Rob also lives in California. He's a little south of me. He's in the Morro Bay area, which is um, sort of between San Jose and the Los Angeles area. He's near San Luis Obispo, and he's amazing. He is one of these people that you know that when you get in a room with him, his energy is contagious. He has an ability to show you how you can get things done with a variety of different projects from skirts to pillowcases. He's made uh, zippered pouches of a whole bunch of different types of quilts and quilt patterns. He's made aprons. He's created... Gosh, so many, so many to list right now, but 
I sent him an email a couple months ago and I said, you would be the perfect person to be on my podcast. I told him I have a podcast where I have folks like yourself who come on and listen and learn how to not only market your art, but how to engage with customers. And, you know, for those of you who've listened, you know exactly what this podcast is about. So I thought it would be great for him and his high energy and me and my high energy to get together, talk some shop and just have a really good time. So for those of you who may not be into the textile or sewing, you know, if that's not an interest to you, I would still encourage you to listen to this podcast because it shows and will tell you so much of who Rob is and how he's overcome a lot of different things in his life. It shows about how he's given back to the community and the community who has come to him and has flocked around him to support what he's doing and to learn. So Without any further ado, I am thrilled to announce that I have Rob Appel of Man Sewing on the show today. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for being on Rockstar Mentor today. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so thrilled. I know that you are in your own right as an amazing quilter and you're a rock star and you have an amazing YouTube presence. And I am thrilled to have you on the show today because I love featuring artists who have just such a wide variety of amazing talents. First of all, well, thank how, you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you discover your love for sewing? Sure. Right. Um, okay. Well, uh, I'm a 45 year old uh, male. If you can't tell by my deep quilting voice, um, I'm uh, been married 20 years. I have a 15, we we have a 15 year old son and a 13 year old daughter um, who are in the other room. I'm working out of my home studio in California, um, where I do a lot of production sewing and quilting for my YouTube channel, which is called Man Sewing. And and I was in the quilting world for a bazillion years. I actually got started in my mid-20s. Uh, my mom owned a quilt shop uh, in Morro Bay, California. When I came back from uh, going to college and goofing around, uh, mostly living out of a van and snowboarding through Colorado and Oregon and just having a blast, being a bit of a, a vagrant, I guess. But always, <laughs> you know, enjoying nature and being blessed by being able to be creative in my uh, career choices, uh, which also means flipping burgers for a long time, but enjoyed, you know, just been able to, at this point in life, be able to support my family through quilt making. And a lot of it is because of this whole YouTube program. And the bigger picture is the the YouTube channel was started actually by the Missouri Star Quilt Company, which has done some phenomenal things by using YouTube to offer quilting uh, education for free and has grown an amazing audience and has really helped extend the new body of quilters. You know, when I got into quilting with my mom's shop 20 years ago, quilting was kind of a dying art. I know that sounds terrible. I never want to say that. We were concerned <laughs> that the general demographic of quilting it was maybe not the tattooed surfing dudes uh, that we're hoping are joining the club today. Maybe that's the most appropriate way of saying it, right? So uh, anyways, yeah, I got, I, I got into the quilting, was really excited uh, about it, but it, was, it wasn't always the, um, the easiest path. But boy, it's been amazing now to have YouTube and the social media networking and the opportunity to be able to present ourselves out there. So, Yeah, it's, YouTube is, I mean, when it started... 
when my kids started watching YouTube back in, oh God, uh, years, many, many, many years ago, I used to think it was just about skateboarders showing how they can do their tricks, but <laughs> as, as it should be. Yeah. Yes. And it, and it, it just <laughs> developed for a lot of folks like yourself who have created and have been able to share your gift of knowledge through video. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it, it really is a cool platform if it's used that way. You know, I have teenagers and um, my daughter would love to have a YouTube channel. And we were just discussing it last night. But, uh, you know, the concept to her was, hey, if you're going to get on YouTube and you're going to do something and you actually can make some money doing it, let's do something of value. Let's always be putting our best foot forward and make sure we're not just standing in front of a camera, you know, not doing something of value. Like, let's go down to a thrift store and find an old stool and recover it. Like let's show people, even if your age at 13, what you can do. She loves to decorate her room yeah. and she, you know, she painted her room and she's putting up bulletin boards and she wants this court. She wants to put this new pegboard idea together. And so I said, let's do that kind of stuff. If you want to build a YouTube audience, even though we really don't want her to build a YouTube audience, because the truth of the matter is, is it as cool as it is, it is a lot of work and it can be a little discouraging for folks at times. People aren't always as kind as they could be. I'm sure you've noticed that people are willing to type things that they wouldn't say in your in front of you, of course. Oh, right. yeah. And so it can be a little challenging. And I don't want my daughter to have to worry about what people's digital opinion is personally. And sadly, there are a lot of people who just prey on people just to burst their bubble or to, you know, just to be unkind. But it really is sad. I, I've picked up on it. I've got a few folks that do it on my channel and stuff. And I laugh, but it hurts still too, because you know, you're like, wow, I just try to always flip the coin. First, I try to pray for them. And then I, <laughs> then I try to remember, you know, gosh, they're probably bummed out, lonely, sitting in some dark room somewhere uh, with old, old polyester fabric. And they don't know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if just, their creativity's not kicking and they don't know how to express themselves. They're reaching out for help. I wish they would just type and say, Rob, would you show me a cool project instead of Rob, your glasses look funny or you mispronounce that word again. But anyways, so yeah. be it. Life is so good. I'm not going to let myself get uh, overwhelmed by that. But that is the major reason that I kind of am among those parents that support limited use of social media for teenagers because I think teenagers have way too much free time. And I think that they're very obviously interested in the social platform. And I just don't want to see kids getting hurt. There's a lot of kids out there getting hurt and they shouldn't be. Well, one of the things, um, and I want to mention also for our listeners, is that Rob Appel with Man Sewing, I stumbled onto your channel in my creative endeavors because I'm a painter and I make jewelry and I, uh -huh. you know, I, my whole thing is that I created paintings and I made a whole product line from my artwork. But Wonderful. for years, people told me, oh, you got to do quilts. Oh, I don't want to do quilts. I'm thinking, oh, that's, right? that's what, uh, that's what little old ladies do when they're, when they have nothing, yeah. when their husbands die. <laughs> but you're right. right. It has taken on such a, there are so many cool things out there. I mean, everything from just putting the pieces together to free motion quilting. And that's the technical stuff that I really love delving into. And so I discovered your channel with Googling, being on YouTube, looking for different techniques. And, you know, one, if you're on YouTube, it starts suggesting different other things. And I thought, this guy is rocking it. He's got, you have what, 200 and over 200, about 219 videos. You have over 130,000 subscribers. So yeah. you, 
definitely know what's going on. I mean, from quilting to making apparel and skirts and how to hem jeans to how to even maintain your sewing machine. Tell us a little bit right, about right. all that. I love the variety. Oh, we'll, we'll do. Okay, cool. Well, um, so there's two reasons behind the variety. Um, one is because I've got a lot of years of experience in the sewing, mostly quilting, but sewing. And, and, and I was a sewing machine technician at my mom's quilt shop. That was the other side of it. I make the joke when I give my presentations that of all sewing machine mechanics, I'm the best quilter. Because, you know, obviously (laughs) most sewing machine mechanics don't quilt, but that's been one of my gifts is that I have a very technical side uh, and I'm fearless because I know how to fix the machines. But the other reason that I do so much variety is the Missouri Star Quilt Company, their secret recipe was they they stumbled across YouTube. They were brand new when YouTube was brand new. They put their mom on, you know, on YouTube showing how to make a basic quilt project because she was trying to increase her machine quilting business and she was hoping people would start making a lot of quilt tops and became a philanthropy thing. And it just exploded because our big message is, you know, if you make quilts, you, you're, you're creating a gift that is something that people cherish. They understand the work, they understand the creativity, the color, the warmth. It's just, there's a lot to putting our hands on stuff. And, and that really means a lot to people when you both create it and you give it. But they didn't want me, they being the Missouri Star Quilt Company, didn't want me doing much with quilting because Jenny Doan already had that covered. Yet there's a lot of different approaches to quilting and a lot of different things you can do in quilting that are not your basic patchwork on the bed style. And I just say Ethel because that's one of my favorite (laughs) names. But that's kind of the type when I'm making jokes in class and stuff. That's my traditional quilter. That's the gal who started by making her own cardboard templates out of box tops and, you know, hand cutting all of her fabrics by scissors and hand sews everything together and hand quilts everything. And there's an amazing amount of tradition that goes into that and there's i mean boy those quilts are worth a fortune i'll tell you but i i kind of slap my stuff together because i'm going after i want to try it as an art piece this way and and so i get a million ideas every time i start one project it becomes three new projects and we were trying to build the audience and fortunately missouri star said you know, gosh, Rob, it seems like you like to do a lot of quilts. And that was really what I was doing before the videos is I was teaching, traveling, lecturing about making different kinds, specifically like applique quilts, landscape quilts, scenic quilts. And so when I started the YouTube channel right now, one of my most popular videos is a how to hem your jeans without taking off the bottom cuff video yeah. because we were doing just literally Johnny Appleseed or shotgunning of ideas into the digital world to see where the audience would be excited to see me teaching a lesson. And early on, it was all of those old other searchable stuff, making an ironing board cover, making a skirt, (laughs) doing a little doll bed quilt with my daughter, a lot of free motion quilting. I love to do free motion. And that's if people don't know that are listening to our show today. You know, that's the process of, of putting the thread through the top, the batting and the backing. But we do it a lot of times as part of a Think about graffiti or doodling or right. zen, zen tangles all over, but do it done in threads, sometimes invisible, sometimes, you know, accented in different colors. And as applique, a lot of times I'm gluing pieces of fabric onto a surface fabric 
to like I just did this really cool project where I did three different guitars. And so it looks like a, a painting of guitars when it's done, but it's done in fabric. And so that thread is also used to hold all the layers together so that it'll last, you know, millions of years, literally. And so for me on YouTube, it was really fun to get into a variety of ideas because it built a variety of folks in the following and in the audience, but it also gives me an excuse to every week look in my notebook and say, I've always wanted to try this. And then I try it and I practice it for a few weeks until I find the pitfalls and I find the good strategies in it. And then I make a neat project and I get to present it on YouTube and YouTube is free. And so you get what you pay for. Yeah. You know? Oh, but yeah, but you're <laughs> thorough and, and the way you explain yeah. everything is just so easy. You, you know, if well, you can tell I'm not <laughs> short of words. No, <laughs> no, but it's great. I think the thing that was so daunting and, frightening for me, just learning a new type of art medium, fabric medium, textile medium, whatever you want to call it, is that there's a lot of terminology and you break it down to just to the basics. And I think... Thank you for that. I appreciate that compliment. Yeah. And I think that somebody who, even somebody who's seasoned has been doing this for years will benefit. People like myself who are just getting into it. You make it look fun and you really explain... It is fun. Yeah, it is. And it's addicting. (laughs) Oh my God. It is so addicting. I love it. Well, and I'm going to tell you this right now. I I probably shouldn't tell you because I'm sure we got a lot of folks listening. But, you know, like one of the things I'm also spending money on right now is a little bit of, uh, you know, therapy because things get busy and life gets stressful. And so I'm talking to a counselor right now. And I'll tell you what, the time I spend deep focused in my arts and crafts, I get just as much out of it. And it costs me (laughs) nowhere nearly as much. And uh, I can make it last a lot longer. I'm not on a schedule that way. So there's this thing called the slow stitch movement. And I'm not sure if my friend Mark Lipinski started it or not, but he was the guy who kind of turned me on to it. And it was kind of started out of this, like, my gosh, we're going so fast and the internet is moving so fast. And so people just started taking up hand sewing again, hand crafting. Uh, Gosh, another one of my friends, Violet Craft is amazing. And she's been doing these paper piece, which can be done by machine or also can be done by hand, animal faces. And they're gorgeous. And they're done a lot of times with solid fabric. So it's kind of on this modern quilting look that is going on right now. And so she's just caught in Uh, or hit so many heartstrings with so many different levels of design. And it's really, really, really cool. So she moves from her machine stitchable patterns to hand stitchable patterns because they were smaller, portable. And because a lot of us, because we have to go crazy fast to keep up with the demand of being internet artists, right? Like we pump out a lot more productivity, I think, than a long time. We don't have to wait for the oil to dry, you know, like we're moving fast on the internet. I'm really proud of these folks that are coming up with ideas and ways and promoting us slowing down even still while staying connected globally. That's just fascinating. I'd never even heard of the slow stitch movement and say that fast three times. It's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, I could barely say it once. (laughs) So that's basically doing a lot of, is it doing quilt work by, by hand then the, the old fashioned way? Boy, I don't want to, I don't want to get the messaging wrong, but yeah, basically it's the concept of looking at, you know, where we're hand assembling blocks. We're going back to the traditional methods, like English paper piecing is the method of hand assembling. Like a lot of folks used to use hexagons or little kite shapes to make different style quilts 
Um, maybe some of our listeners are kind of visually, you know, thinking about a series of hexagons they would call a grandmother's flower garden. And it would be, you know, hexi upon hexi upon hexi. And um, a lot of times because of that Y seam that is formed in there, people would do them by hand and they would have a little piece of cardboard inside of them paper piece basically and so you can do that sewing by hand where you can't make that corner by a machine it's the different way the seam allowance works i see yeah right and so maybe back to that that question you were kind of asking earlier is that's one of the things i like is trying to create quilts that are maybe more artistic or modern looking quilts that would hang on a wall but i'm going back to traditional methods of construction because I want to be everybody's like quilting adventure guide. I want to be the guy that, that provides both excitement in the projects, but also a real lesson plan. It's just really fun for me because I think that art and creativity in life should be an adventure and it should be more about the journey than the destination. Right. And so that's what I kind of try to think of when I'm looking at a pile of fabrics thinking, what am I going to make this week for everybody? Those are some of the, the kind of the criteria I try to run myself through is like, okay, what is going to excite me about this project? What have I always wanted to try? What am I scared to do? What am I going to try to tackle and make it look easy for everybody? Because it, it can be easy. It's always supposed to be fun. It's not always easy, but if we take some of the pressure out of it, you know, a little bit of the my goodness, I got to get it right all the time out of it. It makes it more achievable. Although some of us are still making the wedding quilt the night before the ceremony and we got (laughs) to get it finished. There's some stress. There's some pressure we put on ourselves at times, you know, and and, uh, that's always, I'm afraid when Murphy shows up as your uh, backup educator for the afternoon, Murphy shows up with all of his bad ideas. Oh, that's funny. God, yeah. um, As you're talking and about all of the traditional styles, that's, I think that's what was prohibiting me because I thought, well, I'm kind of a, an abstract kind of gal. So I've really sort of embraced this new improv quilting and just piecing of different shapes. And that to me, I guess for me, it takes the pressure off that I don't have to have everything completely matching perfect. And I like the fact that things are different. Yeah. Different angles and different shapes. I finally make this more serious because I, I had an old brother machine that was yeah it was a nice machine but it was it was it just had its day and so I thought you know if I'm going to do this and I'm going to use these fine threads and these really nice fabrics I should probably up my game so I ended up getting a Bernina nice middle of the range just the what, 350 PE I love I mean just little things that techniques behind it with when you stop the machine or lift your foot up from the pedal you can have your needle up or you can have it down and just tons of different things that you wouldn't think were efficient tools in this creation process, but it is, and it's quite cool. And I've, you know, loved my rotary color cutter. It only took one good slice of the finger to remember to keep my finger around the base of it and not use it at the top. <laughs> right. But, you know, um, but I, I got invited to a gals weekend with a couple of my friends who are master quilters and I feel like okay now they got the machine the nice fabrics and the cool thread I'm actually I'm getting invited to these things so it was really fun we went to Tahoe for a three-day two-night quilting thing and which of course involved lots of margaritas and coffee of course and wine and foods and chit-chat it was really amazing and I my project was I wanted to just at least finish one mini quilt. So I had part Uh of one piece together and I finished it. And then I had another one that I started, but I 
wanted to get some creative drive from some of the masters. It was really, it's super fun and just playing with different fabrics and stuff. Am I going to sell them? I don't think so. These are just things for me. I'm going to keep my repertoire of works just to, for family, friends and that kind of thing. So do you, do you sell any of your work? I, I have in the past. Um, you know, there are several different ways to be financially successful in, in quilting. Uh, I would say probably the best of the artists do all of the above, which would be, you know, writing patterns, being published in magazines or in books, making kits for your stuff, coming up with products. Like I've made a rotary cutter I've invented for my style of quilt making, uh, more fine style, intricate. So to cut fabric, your blade has to be rolling. It can't be an exacto blade because you have yeah. to have a new edge touching the, the fibers. People don't always understand that. But at any rate, so I made a, comp, a very small 14 millimeter rotary cutting tool that you hold like an exacto knife, but you have, it's called the shark apple cutter because it's got a dorsal fin. You put that finger against so you don't cut yourself like you just described. Right. And like a little pen or an exacto knife. So you cut around little intricate shapes. You're not using a ruler next to it. Ooh. And so, um, Oh yeah, it, it works really cool. So, but anyways, I'm sorry, you had asked me about selling my work and I was going to get to that. And, and then I started getting distracted about talking oh, about my little no, rotary cutting no, tool. No, no, finish. That's um, great. I, I love it. I'm going to look oh, it up right now while we're talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess what I wanted your audience to understand is like most art forms, you kind of got to do a lot of everything, at least it's the general thing. I think I'm one of the very fortunate few. I've got some really big doors about to open in front of me um, because of this association with Missouri Star Quilt Company and because I've now over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and because we've got a nice following on the rest of the social media avenues, I get to do things. I'm, I'm, I'm turning down job offers right now to go and speak and teach classes where that's how I used to make a majority of my income. I would travel to a quilt guild and I would teach there and I would give a, a trunk show and I would talk about my quilts. And I'm also a recovering alcoholic and I like to consider myself a strong Christian or maybe a man of faith. I'd, sometimes the word Christian gets a little bit of a bad... I'm a Jesus follower. That's what I want to be known as. And I just want to give everyone love and, and just be there to support folks. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Um, and that, like, it's been really amazing how my income concepts and my income abilities have changed so greatly. Selling quilts is one of those things that happens on a couple of different levels. So I have been fortunate to sell quilts in art gallery and I've been commissioned to make quilts. So one of my commissions, just in case people are interested on the business side, it was done for a health club. It was a large piece and I sold it. This was years and years and years ago. I sold it for $6,000 I have quilts that I have had people come in when I have my quilt shop that were hanging on the wall and I've sold several of them for 2500 or more. So that's kind of my price on my projects like that. Sure. But I've also recently created a quilt, was part of a big program called Quilted in Honor. It was a quilt that was made from Island Batik fabrics. We were making quilts that would sell patterns and fabrics that we would make <laughs> donations back to Operation Homefront. And Operation Homefront is a big international organization that raises money and gives money back to our veterans that are coming off the battlefield. Wow. And they're waiting for their first check, the VA and stuff. And so this quilt program I started, and it's, a, all, it's too long of a story to tell today, but in the middle of it, it so I started, the, well, maybe it's not too long. I'll, I'll, tell the, I'll tell the most abbreviated version. I started the quilt when I first stopped drinking, so about six years ago. 
and because it was on a timeline. I made the quilt with the intention of creating a pattern, but the pattern was going to be a failure because the quilt turned out ginormous. Oh, wow. And therefore, I decided I would auction the quilt off because I thought it would be a showstopper, and that would raise more money for our men and women than selling the pattern. And that was then the obvious choice, but I put a minimum bid on the quilt of literally $25,000 because I thought it was going to end up at this giant black tie military auction and somebody would buy it and hang it in the Pentagon or the White House or Bank of America somewhere or something. You know, I was just trying to raise a bunch of money for Hmm. our troops. And it never went to auction. So after three years, I ended up becoming and encountering the quilt again and at a show where I was a featured artist and the quilt was there. And, and long story short, I decided to buy the quilt back so I could give the money of $25,000 back in. So the last year and a half, I've traveled with the quilt as part of my show. And I've talked about the quilt at live audiences. And I've had several very nice large donations. And I've had, see, I had about 15 thousand one dollar donations come in and before the close of 2017 uh, i was able to write a check to operation home front for twenty five thousand bucks and buy my quilt back and it happened to be during the time where they were having uh match days from procter and gamble so now i tell folks that i've raised fifty thousand dollars with one quilt so that's amazing. Quilts are a huge, <laughs> it's amazing. And the value of quilts, sometimes you go to a quilt show and you see people selling a beautiful quilt for $500. And literally, Sonia, that'll barely cover the thread and the batting and the fabric involved. Right. I, I mean, quilts should, shouldn't cost that much. But if it's a really elegant quilt and really elegant, you know, and yet a guy like myself, mostly just because of my name and because I've, I've traveled for so many years and I've been blessed to touch people's lives, I can get thousands of dollars for a quilt just by putting my custom label on the back of it because I'm an artist and that art world does exist. Right. Provenance does exist in quilting. So those people out there that are listening that are quilters that want to make money as artists, like my good friend, Joe Cunningham, he only sells quilts in galleries and he makes a living doing it. He's in San Francisco. He's amazing. Yes. Um, And he's a studio gallery artist. That's what he does in textile. So it's definitely possible. My route is I thought I'll make some quilts. My quilts are kind of junky. If you look close, you wouldn't want to pay for them. But I can tell my story and I get paid to tell my story. So I made a pile of quilts and a bunch of stories. And I travel around as a comedian and a a hug giver trying to just support (laughs) folks, you know, um, with these quilts. And I have therefore also made uh, enough money to support my family in California for the last, I've been doing it, you know, in one way or another in quilting for basically 20 years. Wow. God, congratulations. That's just amazing. I love it. Thank you. But those of us that are listening right now that are at the beginning, they're starting their cottage industry, they have their first little pattern, they're self-publishing it, and they're printing it on their HP printer and folding it and shoving it in Ziploc bags. I did it like that for 15 years, gang. Stick with it because you'll make it, and you're, if nothing else, you're having fun doing it. There's another woman out there named Christy Wright. She's part of the Dave Ramsey group, and she does a lot with women in small business. And I kind of look at quilting. I shouldn't be so gender-specific, but I think that it kind of falls into that wonderful women cottage industry small business avenue. Of course, I would love to get hooked up with Christy Wright and get to travel with her and tell my story and encourage people to do the same thing. It's just you got to remember, though, that the real rewards come from the people we meet and the lives we touch. You know, if I can feed my family and keep us warm, we've made it. But if I can continue to be creative and have people feel blessed by my presence, then I really, really, really have made it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I see your passion through your videos. And of course, just talking to you today, I hear 
you know, the passion. And that's one thing I tell people is that you have to do it because you're passionate about it. And that energy resonates too to people that you're talking with or people that you're selling to or people that you just encounter on a day to day when they ask what your story is. If if you yeah. carry that passion, I mean, you've made so many connections. It's contagious. <laughs> Definitely. That's what people, that's my favorite comment on my channel is that, well, I'm starting to get comments about how much they like the videos. We're, we're figuring out newer ways to make the videos more thorough in the ways I'm capturing some of the parts and pieces at home while making it so that when you're watching the video on the set and you think you're seeing it all come together on the set, but actually I'm, I'm bringing in B-roll that I've captured over the months of building the projects. And so we're really excited because the last several videos, people are like, wow, you're showing us so much. And I like that. But before that, it was always your, your, whether you were learning something or not, Rob, your enthusiasm is infectious mm -hmm. and you know, great. So you watch one of my videos and you have a great afternoon and then you go down to the grocery store and you have a wonderful encounter there and just that whole wonderful concept of pay it forward, you go out there and just make life fun for folks. Again, you know, I didn't mean to, and gosh, I kind of felt like I started off in a little bit of a negative, but People are hurting out there. People do need love out there. And if we can do it with the simple arts and crafts that we already enjoy, it's a it's a win-win, right, Sonia? Yeah, absolutely. Completely. I cannot say that enough. I mean, the whole pay it forward. And when I have had artists ask me, you know, well, I want to get my art out. Do something nice. Teach something to somebody. Do a presentation in your kid's class or donate artwork to a great cause. That's paying it forward. And they say, oh, well, I'm just not going to get any ROI. Well, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. But the fact that you did it, it's out there. And somebody, right. somebody's noticing and you have to just brace the moment. And I just love it. Gosh, I feel good already. So today. <laughs> so, oh, well, so, fantastic. Well, I appreciate this opportunity to go out and try to Send a little digital hug out there to everybody. Yeah, definitely. So you've named some you know, big names out there, Joe Cunningham, Christy Wright. Do you mentioned about doing shows and tell us a little bit about your show schedule. You've done public speaking and you've done demonstrations in classes. Have you done group shows with folks and... Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, a long time ago, my first big break was I got to be on Home and Garden TV with Alex Anderson on the Simply Quilts program. That was one of the first programs outside of PBS where people were seeing quilting. Later on, I got to be on a show and we called ourselves the Outfit Misfits. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't even remember the name of the show now, but basically it's me and a couple of friends. They contacted me from the show and said, I'm sure a bunch of your buddies like to do sewing with you. I'm like, uh, no, uh, I surf and skateboard and my friends all tease me all day for owning a sewing machine. So we had, so we basically had to make up a group of us that wanted to get on the show. It was my cousin that worked at my quilt shop and our friend that was a screen printer. And so we did a bunch of stuff that we all knew how to do, but I was basically like the textile guy in it. So that was funny. Then I, I travel and I teach at quilt guilds in quilt shops and sewing machine shops at big conferences for quilting primarily. All, actually, all my classes are quilting related other than one class on how to maintenance your sewing machine, which is still generally taught at the quilting level because I, I try to bring in a lot of troubleshooting that is involved in the machine quilting. We're doing things different with our machines at that point. And so folks forget that the basics still apply even though they're using their machine differently. So when they have problems, they think it's, they just don't quite think 
the way they used to think. And so I just, I try to screw those light bulbs in a little tighter. So they try, <laughs> they turn back on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's, a, it's a really, it's a really fun workshop. You know, the last 20 years I've been in the quilting industry because of having a quilt shop have become really good friends with a lot of the big names in quilting. Um, you know, Joe Cunningham was a guy who, uh, you know, is very famous as a male quilt maker, but yet he and I had worked on a quilting cruise. That's another op- opportunity I take sometimes is I'll teach on quilting cruises and I've done them with just a variety of educators. And I've also done like an all male quilt cruise. Um, I was featured. That was fun. Well, it was all male teachers. We had mostly female, had a couple males come on, you know, um, as students, but it was all male teachers. Um, That was fun. I've done an all male teachers uh, at a a big show in Shipshawana, Indiana. It's their big annual quilt festival. And last night, I think it was last year it was dedicated to the four of us quilt, male quilters. You know, for me, quilting isn't about the plumbing. Um, I use my hands, not nothing else when I'm making quilting. So it doesn't really matter how I'm, I'm built that way. But I do like coming at it from like a woodworking and a graphic artist standpoint. Not that women don't do woodworking and graphic arts. But I, I do like that people will say sometimes, gosh, Rob, your art is very or your, your stories are very masculine. It's one of the things I don't love about my brand, actually, is the name Man Sewing, because I'm mostly making quilts, and it's not just for men. It's for everybody. But the idea that originally Missouri Star had was that, you know, Jenny Doan was doing the quilt, so they would have other sewing and a guy doing it for their other audiences to help build the network. Sure. So I love it that people, and, and it's an easy name to remember. So we might do even a name change down the road. We talk about it every few weeks and then we move on to making another quilt or something like that. But yeah, traveling at the big shows, quilting is a pretty awesome network. If you, it's kind of like surfing in my opinion. If you paddle into the lineup and you take your turn and you demonstrate etiquette and you cheer on your fellow surfers slash quilters, you generally have a beautiful family around you. If you walk into the industry and act like you know everything or that you don't care about the respect of our heritage, if you don't respect what Ethel's doing, if you don't, then then you're going to end up in a bad spot, I think. And you're not going to get waves and you're not going to get love. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, here's, here's my favorite story. The, the people that are into textiles, their minds are going to get blown in the next 10 seconds. That I was in Hamilton, Missouri last weekend where I do my filming for my man sewing show because it's part of Missouri Star Quilt Company. My dear friend, Tula Pink, who happens to be probably the leading textile designer or artist. I mean, I, she just is incredibly popular. She's got a great social media presence. I love her work. I don't know if she's most popular or not. I shouldn't say that. She's one of my personal favorites, but I know she's very successful. Yeah. At any rate. So I was short on fabric. I wanted to do this science bug jar quilt. She had this line that came, came out recently called De La Luna. It's like sugar skulls and, and all kinds of beautiful floating eyeballs and stuff. I needed creepy science fabric like you wouldn't believe. So, and, she, and, 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 and I couldn't get it anywhere. And I had her personal phone number. So I reached out to her and she, of course she sent me some, some of this wonderful fabric. And then I wanted to show her the quilt so bad. And it comes to be that she was going to be in Hamilton the same day I was in Hamilton uh, last Saturday. So I ran downstairs, got to get a big hug from her, see her mom, see her brother, meet her sister again, who I hadn't met in a long time because one of her little sisters hangs out with her a bunch. 
And so we're having a blast. She's doing a book signing. I get to show her the quilt. We're laughing and joking around and stuff. And so then I go back to work and I try to get out of the room because I'm also, not to mention, wearing a lab coat and a bald comb-over wig because I'm dressed like a mad scientist because I've got a <laughs> mad science quilt in my hand. So here's Tula's audience and I'm stealing the thunder because I'm dressed up like a freak. But anyway, so we're having this blast of time together. And so I go back and I'm doing my meetings and my work and I get this 911 phone call across my internal network, uh, you know, chat we need help over here in the main shop. Can you come over? So I get over there and what the big emergency was is Tula's little sister, Jojo has gotten herself a skein of yarn and has decided she wants to learn to knit because she's tired of waiting. Tula's busy, you know, signing books and entertaining a huge crowd and Jojo needs something to do. Right. So they know that I've learned to knit recently. So I get the blessing of sitting down on the couch behind Tula Pink while she's got her audience going, teaching her little sister how to knit and just having a blast. I get to hang out with the A-listers of quilting. You know, the, the reason I mentioned Joe Cunningham's name is because he was one of those great guys. He's in your area, but he also gave my kids a bunch of pogo sticks last summer. And the only qualification is when we were hanging out in sisters talking about pogo sticks, I had to drive through San Francisco on my way home, take them to lunch and, and get some pogo sticks. And so like, this is the kind of network that quilting really can be, you know, everybody out there supporting each other too, like getting me fabric in an emergency situation, but me teaching her sister to knit and Joe getting his garage cleaned out, but me, my kids getting pogo sticks. And I mean, it's just, it's a really cool, cool group of people out there. And I really, truly believe that um, it's a very supportive group. At least I have always felt incredibly supported. Oh, yeah. It's super supportive because we, um, my husband and I, went on a trip in May, early May. He wanted to go to Glacier National Park in Montana. Right. And so, you know, we had planned this trip for months. We go out there and there's lots of quilt shops out there. And I had just gotten my Bernina a week before that. And I thought, and he's even starting to look out for, he likes, he loves the whole technical aspect of it. So I'm happy about that. So I can drag him into a quilt shop and not have him looking with a big bored face, you know. But uh, every time right. we'd go down, he goes, oh, there's a quilt shop. Oh, maybe we can stop by there after we eat lunch. <laughs> so we'd go right. in. Nice. So I had to pick up fabric from each and every place just as a souvenir. I'm not much of a souvenir kind of gal, you know, where I have to pick up some trinket. Right. But I thought, oh, we got to, we either pick up art or something. I said, well, I gotta, I'm going to pick up fabric because I want to make something from this. So he says, maybe you can make a quilt for our bed. Like, ah, okay, yeah, we have a king size bed that will take me 11 years. <laughs> but the fact that he was so, yeah, I can see him standing there staring at quilts and going, wow, this is pretty cool the way that these are put together and these colors and the shapes and everything. So, but my point of bringing that up was when we would go into these different quilt shops, I'd say, oh, I'm from California and, um, you know, I'm just getting into quilting and I just bought my first Bernina <laughs> and everyone right, just right. sort of flock around. Oh, really? Where in California? What kind of Bernina did you get? Oh, wow. What is your goal? And what, you know, and it would end up in these long conversations of just interest and camaraderie. And I thought I'd leave there just oh, feeling yeah. I had so much fabric, Rob, when we left. I thought, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to get this all in the suitcase, but I made it work. I can see where my friends will, you go into their, they have a whole fabric room. And here I have two plastic bins from Walmart that I had to buy to store right. everything. And I had to color code it and stuff. And 
it's almost it's and they're all so pretty and they're all so nice that you don't even want to use them almost you want to sort of hoard them all is that normal <laughs> uh yes it is and um <laughs> there's rumors that who, the person who dies with the most fabric wins ah. um you know, even me, you know, I was telling you right before we started recording uh, that my project for this afternoon is cleaning out my studio closet because I have been gathering and gathering for years. And my yeah. my sewing strategies have changed because right now to create a tutorial once a week, I am not doing any free sewing. Every single thing is project related. So it's a, I'm at a point now where I need to move a lot of my fabric down the road before it becomes outdated. I want to give a bunch to different programs in our community. So that's what we're going to be doing. Hoarding is a cool thing. Fabric is collectible for sure. Yeah. Um, but I have a stash from my original work. And now I have a bunch of uh, what are leftovers of pre-cuts. And so, yeah, what our strategy is today is we're going to build samples that I can make dummy blocks out of. So when I'm waiting, or I should call them test blocks, you know, to make sure that things are going to work in accordance and before I cut into the really good fabrics. But because my daughter and her friends are also getting excited about sewing, I want to have a bin of stuff that they can go in and just grab and play with it at any time too. So yeah, no, it's very natural to have a big stash. What is fun about quilting is that even... There's fabric for everybody out there. Your favorite fabric and my favorite fabric may be different, but there's styles change over time. And so I could provide probably an entire essay full of reasons why you do not need to get rid of any of that fabric. You just hang on to it oh, <laughs> and right. keep on collecting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when we when I went to my quilt weekend, I, I brought some fabrics that I thought I would use. And then, of course, my friend Michelle and Annette. And Annette, I actually interviewed a number of months ago. Uh, she was on the show too, just to hear her story. But um, Michelle brings me this Ziploc bag packed full of all these little scraps because I told her, bring me crumbs, bring me scraps. You know, I just want right, right. to play and not have, I just want to do this improv thing. And so she brings me Absolutely. this Absolutely. And these fabrics are insane. I mean, they're beautiful. I'm, I was just like right. a little kid in a candy store I'm putting dragging them out of this bag and I'm piecing them all I'm like oh my god I'm never gonna leave the house I can't wait to to finish this and so pay you for these oh are you kidding these are stuff that I just throw in a bin when I'm not you when I'm done I'm like oh my god so it was really I know it, it's killing me I have a bin of solids that are Michael Miller cotton couture fabrics or some of the colors may have been discontinued so I let me, let me phrase it differently. It'll make more sense. Because I am paid by the Missouri Star Quilt Company, the videos on YouTube are free, but we have landing pages where people want to buy the supplies they're seeing in the videos. That's how we fund what I do. Sure. Therefore, I'm always using the most current color line so people can always find them. You know, while the videos are current, the supplies are current. Therefore, a lot of the stuff I have, I can make whatever I want out of but I can't show it on the videos. And, and so I don't even have time for those things. And so I have this mountain of beautiful stuff and I love that improv free piecing. And I so badly just want to take a couple of yard base cloth and just sew a bunch of the stuff down foundation style because it's just beautiful solids and it could go in all different directions. And it just kills me to even think about putting it in a bag and taking it down to a local shop scraps because it's all so cool. But it's like, I just, part of my thing is, I don't do well when I have unfinished projects. And when I look back and I see these mountains of fabric for myself, they all represent 
what could be unfinished projects. What they really are is they're projects that have been finished three times over because I made the quilt <laughs> and I made the samples and I made the step outs. Then I finished those on the set. So now I've got the quilt all over again. One of my tricks I learned is I, uh, at my retreats that I do once a year, uh, we started auctioning off the half finished quilt projects from the show. And this audience is a, a pretty strong group of followers. They've been coming to these retreats for about the last 15 years, the same group of gals. Oh. And we've got a couple guys that come. And they've watched it. They've, they've watched my kids grow up. And so we've started doing it to fund my kids' college funds. So I'll just I'll say it this way. Last year, the kids got over $500 each in their college funds. And I got two shelves cleared off in my closet. It was great. There you go. Yeah. That's cool. Where do, you, where do you do the retreats at? Are they in Morro Bay? Up in Cambria, which is just a few miles north, and it's at this wonderful camp called Camp Ocean Pines, and it's uh, literally sitting on the Pacific Ocean in the pine trees, and it's just perfect for doing applique quilts, and um, I would invite our listeners today, but I just got the email a couple of days ago that we're sold out already for 2018. Oh, um, Yeah. Like I said, it's pretty much a reunion, not a retreat anymore. People just keep coming back because we just have so much fun sewing together, yeah. and um, they really love the family aspect. My wife comes and, and just works her tail off the whole weekend, making sure everyone's happy. And the kids come and my son plays his, his guitar for everybody now. And my daughter entertains everybody and helps keep the tables clean. So people can have places to put their fabrics when they're between meals. And it's just, it's a really fun thing to do as a family. And yeah. We feel very, very rewarded. Yeah, doing it. Oh, many blessings to you. That's amazing. Gosh. Yeah, well, if you yeah. get a cancellation call me. <laughs> right, right. There is a waiting list. You can, I shouldn't, dec- I shouldn't deny folks. You can all look on uh, Rob Appel, which I'll spell out, I guess makes sense. A-P-P-E-L-L.com has that retreat information listed. Um, I also do retreats in Hamilton, Missouri through the Missouri Star Quilt Company. And we've already done our retreat this year. And the retreat planner and I are trying to sync up our calendars right now for 2019. Um, And one of my big goals, actually finished answering the question about how often do I travel in shows and stuff, is I actually have hit a point in my traveling schedule where I have more offers than I can accept. And I'm not getting the sewing time in my studio that I really want to the depth and quality into the videos I want to do. So I'm fortunately right now starting to slow down my traveling schedule and that will allow me to do more, um, larger events and retreats. Cause that's what I like. If, if I can pick and choose the way I'm going to spend my time with my quilting students, it's going to be over longer periods of time so we can get deep into the landscape quilting and maybe deep into our machine quilting. And, um, I like, I like it when people bring me that I've always wanted to concept in quilting and we really get moving and we get them to the point where they're no, no longer is it a dream, but they're all, they're just a few stitches away from having the label on it. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. This has been such a treat to have you on today and my absolute pleasure. And, you know, I know that you mentioned um, your website, but for our listeners, because I'll put all of this in the show notes, tell us how, oh, thank you. Thank how, we you. Can, how we can connect with you, watch you, listen, hear all about your new coolness and, and all that good stuff. Radical. Okay, cool. Well, the easiest way, and that's why we still love the name so much, is through Man Sewing. That's the brand. Yep. Um, and there's a mansewing.com. And we have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest going. 
YouTube is where the free videos are, and it's every Monday we put out a new video, and most of them are quilt-related right now, and that's the direction I want to head in. So it's on YouTube. It's, it's man sewing. There's a lot of folks that we, we're trying to build the community, so folks are using the hashtag of man sewing a lot. Sometimes if you search man sewing with Rob Appel, it'll take you directly to the YouTube channel because that's how we're, we're, we've branded it ourselves. And then that will help if anyone needs the spelling because I still have a robappel.com website, which is primarily like a, a gallery of my older quilts, okay. uh, my sea life, my landscape quilt. So it is fun for people to look at out there. Uh, there is a little e-commerce site there where people can purchase some of my endangered species patterns and stuff. Everything else is purchased through Missouri Star Quilt Company. Okay. And that's the direction we'll be moving moving in the future. So that all goes through man sewing. So yeah, yeah, that's the best way to find me and to follow. And oh, you mentioned it earlier, but I'll point it out to folks too. If they subscribe on YouTube... That helps the whole science and algorithm that Google uses to put those videos on that sidebar. And that is how we are growing the network of quilters in general, especially the wild, crazy rock star quilters, like <laughs> you like to consider myself. You mentioned you were on YouTube learning to sew and quilt, and then you saw this crazy dude on the sidebar, and you're like, what's he got to offer? And so that's been the magic of it, is people are being offered stuff that they wouldn't expect, and therefore intrigue takes them. They find us through YouTube that way. So the more of your listeners that will subscribe, the more that will help get the message out. Yep, absolutely. Well, I've, I did, so... <laughs> Because I want to know. I want to know. One more, Sonia. I know. I, I know. It's, it. it's awesome. Well, like I said, it was amazing having you on today. I know that you're super busy, and I really respect your time and and everything. But um, you know, Rob Appel with Man Sewing, he's an amazing person. Contagious energy has all of it going on with everything sewing, and just so happy to have you on the show today. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Okay, thanks, Sonia. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, bye. bye. Many thanks again to Rob Appel of Man Sewing for being on the Rockstar Mentor podcast today. For me, it's always just so gratifying to be able to talk shop with other artists and find out more about their process and what inspires them and everything. And Rob's story is just truly amazing. Make sure you check on the show notes for this episode. It's going to be on the rockstarmentor.com under the blog slash show notes area. And you can reach Rob on a variety of different social media networks from Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and of course on YouTube. His social media handle is Mansewing. So if you're on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest, just do those social networks slash Man sewing, and you will be able to get hooked up with him right away. When you go to YouTube, just simply type in Man Sewing, and you'll get the index page to his channel, and you'll be able to see everything that he's working on there. This is a wrap today, everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to this really special episode. I am in awe about the following that Rob has on YouTube, his subscribers, the amount of videos he's done, and he certainly deserves many thumbs up and five stars right across the board. Don't forget, if you are on Skillshare, make sure you check me out there because I have a, a really great online course on how to sell your art with confidence. There are more courses also coming up the pipeline, and um, we hope to see you there as well. Have a great one. Talk to you soon. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast today. I am Sonia Paz, your host and creator of this podcast, and the purpose of the show is to bring you my experience and expertise on how to run your own creative artistic business. I have been creating art a long time, and through all this time, I have developed my own retail line of products that I have sold through my retail gallery, my website, and through specialty retailers and galleries throughout the U.S. I developed this podcast to help you, the creative entrepreneur and small business person that you are, so you can be confident and successful with your business. There are dozens of helpful episodes with amazing free advice, interviews with savvy business professionals, so you can learn and experience from their voices of wisdom as well. Be sure to look for me on Facebook.com slash Rockstar Mentor, Twitter.com Crush It Mentor, and Instagram.com Rockstar Mentor. You can also reach out directly to me at Mentor at RockstarMentor.com. And if you're looking to learn how to expand your business, please visit RockstarMentor.com. I have a ton of great resources and all of the show notes for every episode is in the blog section of the website. If you love the podcast but feel that you need some more one-on-one -on -one coaching, connect with me. You can reach me directly at mentor at rockstarmentor.com. I answer each and every email, and I want to make sure that I can get you on the right track. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that in a couple of ways. You can visit patreon.com slash rockstarmentor and donate as little as $1 a month. It just helps with some of the logistics on getting this podcast out to you for free. And if you really like the show and want to give us some serious podcast love, you can make a one-time donation by visiting paypal.me slash Sonia Paz. Be sure to subscribe and tune in each week to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast by visiting our website. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, tune in or however you listen to your podcast. You can even listen to our podcast direct from our website. If you like the podcast and get value from it, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. This also helps us gain more traction and lets other creative folks and entrepreneurs like yourself discover the Rockstar Mentor. Plus, it's always super cool to give great reviews. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we look forward to talking to you later.